Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank our sponsor, R&B Car Company? Again, log on to their website at rbcarcompany.com to check out great special offers and promotions on cars, trucks, SUVs, minivans, motorcycles, crossovers. They've got it all. Go to rbcarcompany.com. Got to talk to you about the NRA pro. Well, it's not really an NRA rally. The NRA was there, but a pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment rally happened in Richmond, Virginia. And one interesting bit of information about this, not one rally attendee was arrested. Not one. No violence. Nothing. In fact, what we're looking at right now is we're looking at video. I'm just uh, poking around here on, on Twitter. I've got video of the rally attendees running around and picking up trash after they were done with their event, which, by the way, if you've ever attended a Second Amendment rally, is commonplace for people to do that. Uh, We've got members of the media, members of the media lying about what these people were saying and doing. Uh, Even Juarez, which is a Jewish newspaper, from white supremacists to NRA members. Uh, Take a look at uh, who was at the rally today. Weren't any, no, no white supremacists. Um, There were a couple of infiltrators that were caught Some interesting footage about that, which I can't play for you because of the language, but uh, some interesting footage from infiltrators who did try to get in there, try to pretend to be NRA members or pro-Second Amendment types and then yell some racial expletives or call for violence. They were immediately shouted down and run out of the rally. And it was so overwhelming that not even the press can go ahead and distort what happened there. And like like I said, you know, leading up to this event for the past couple of weeks, I've been telling people, you know, if you're going to be involved with Virginia at all, you need to make sure that those people who are going to try to bird dog the uh, the rally or bird dog this entire issue, that you hold them accountable and you don't let them take the narrative away from you. Again, one of the most beautiful moments, which is to this day, my most popular tweet on my new Twitter account was the moment that the flag of Hong Kong was flying in Richmond, Virginia today. And remember, the people were being oppressed in Hong Kong and protesting that oppression flew the American flag and they sang our national anthem in order to show reverence to the United States. Uh, There's a lot of pro-Trump people in Hong Kong as well. And to see a flag raised in Hong Kong's honor in Virginia was a beautiful moment and very symbolic because... We've seen people who oppose the Second Amendment traditionally, who don't like guns, see what happened in Hong Kong. We've talked about this in the past, and we talked about it again in the 3 o'clock hour today, where I played far more audio clips from the rally than I'm going to do now. We saw them go, now I kind of understand where the Second Amendment could really help these demonstrators in Hong Kong. Exactly. That's the whole point. That's the point of the Second Amendment, ladies and gentlemen. So to see the flag of Hong Kong flying in Richmond, Virginia, was a beautiful moment. It's getting a lot of attention on my Twitter, and I'm I'm appreciative of that, but I didn't even uncover it. I just retweeted uh, somebody else who did it. Uh, Katie Pavlich, who was here for our last noise event, joined uh, on stage with Brian Kilmeade and myself. She is now tweeting out that groups are picking up trash off of the roads after the rally is over. And she CC'd the Women's March and Occupy Wall Street and Antifa, et cetera, even though Occupy is basically the Women's March and Antifa. Uh, now, Stephen Crowder, who was at the Women's March over the weekend, 
he posted video of the Women's March actually engaging in violence. Isn't that interesting? No violence at the Second Amendment rally, but there was violence at the Women's March. What an amazing compare and contrast, isn't it? Uh, you had members of the press lie about what actually happened. Dave Martinez, I have no idea who this Dave Martinez person is, just some normal dude on Twitter, but <laughs> he... He actually, he uh, tweeted to Gabe Gutierrez. Now, Gabe Gutierrez is an NBC News correspondent. He's based in New York. He reports for the Today Show, NBC Nightly News, and MSNBC. Okay? So, Gabe Gutierrez is a verified Twitter account for NBC. And he tweeted out, Chance of we will not comply from gun rights protesters in Richmond. Uh, Would you do me a favor, producer Joe? Cue my audio, please. Does this sound like will, we will not comply to you? Okay, here we go. All right, so it sounds like the Pledge of Allegiance to me. Yeah, but he's tweeting out, chance of we will not comply from gun rights protesters in Richmond. The problem is that the video is them singing the Pledge of Allegiance. So, again... Uh, he's with NBC. A- the AP, talking about SHOT Show in Las Vegas, gun companies are gathering for their annual trade show this week in Las Vegas amid slumping gun sales and escalating tensions over gun control efforts. Uh, there's no escalating tensions except in Virginia, where the government of Virginia is trying to violate their state and the federal constitution. But beyond that, there is no no slumping of gun sales according to the fbi in 2019 there was a three percent increase in nick's background checks that's a three percent increase not from 2018 but a three percent increase from the previous record set in 2016 so according to the fbi's own numbers 2019 was the best year for gun sales december was the second highest month for gun sales in american history based on the modern systems to, to keep data obviously So, the AP wrote a whole fake article about it. A whole fake article about it. Uh, You've got numerous other reporters who were caught trying to steer the narrative and try to say things that were completely untrue. Uh, They were unable to be able to do that. And people who were there were able to immediately correct the record and prevent them from spreading those lies and those those myths. Uh, I also wanted to go ahead and play this piece of audio. Please cue it up again for me, Joe. This is a black man who was asked about being at the Second Amendment rally because, again, they keep trying to say that this is about white nationalism and everything else. It wasn't. There's a ton of people there of all different stripes. And so they walked up to this guy and they, you know, based, why are you here? You know, what's the, the reason that you're here supporting the Second Amendment today? And, and uh, there's a lot of that. A lot of the media outlets that did actually cover the event well went up to people who are not white and asked them, you know, if they were there. Uh, for any particular reason, what was their experience like? Do they have any issues, any problems? And they all said that everybody there was great. They didn't see any white supremacy anywhere, nothing. And yet you've got Waretz, which is, again, a Jewish newspaper running around talking about white supremacists being there. And everybody who was in the rally can't find any. But that's the narrative that they're going with, in spite of the fact that there was absolutely no issues whatsoever. So this is this is this black gentleman talking, I don't know his name, I apologize, talking about 
why he is there supporting the Second Amendment in Virginia. I'm not supporting any way, shape, or form Governor Northam's and the Democrats' gun control. What I also don't support is the fact that every news piece you've seen on this this weekend, they've always brought up the issue of race, as though it's nothing but white rednecks and hillbillies out here who care for the Second Amendment, when actually black Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, Americans in general care about the Second Amendment. I work at a gun store part-time, and I can't tell you the number of customers I see of all races, all colors, all creeds, who care about the Second Amendment and who just want to peaceably live their lives, enjoy their rights, and the Second Amendment. So that's why I'm out here. And main, big media, mainstream media be damned. If you take a good look at me, you can see I'm a black American. And all I'm out here for is to enjoy my Second Amendment rights. That's why I'm here. Okay, that's it. He's not the only one. There's plenty of video out there of individuals who are not white saying very similar things. And several of them were asked, you know, did you run into any white supremacy or anything like that? They also didn't see a single thing that would indicate that anybody was a white supremacist there. Uh, no signs or anything like that. Like I said, early on in the day, there were a couple of infiltrators. Okay, these would be bird doggers. And bird dogging is where you infiltrate another person's group. And then you you are going to behave in a way that would discredit that group. So if you want people to believe that this particular group is racist, you yourself will pretend to be racist by pretending to be one of them and shouting racial epithets and things like that in order to discredit the group. There were a couple of attempts to do that early on in the day. They were immediately caught. Uh, they were recorded. They were shouted down. They were booted from the rally. They were exposed as who they were. So the media doesn't even have an angle to go here. Now, the latest estimates that we have seen, and we'll see if this number holds up, appears to be about 22,000 or so people attended this rally in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, that seems to be a safe estimate based on some of the aerial shots that we have seen, but there is no official count at this point in time. So if you take a look at uh, what's out there, and if you go on, if you are on social media and you look at the hashtag Virginia Rally, uh, you will see a lot of a lot of minorities holding up signs and there who are armed, uh, the people who open carried, open carried outside of the, the Capitol grounds where, because remember they had this, this fake state of emergency to go ahead and prevent people from carrying firearms. So those who did open carry did so outside of the Capitol grounds. So they were not breaking any laws, even if it was simply a stupid farcical lie by governor Northam which we all know that it was. Uh, but if you pay attention to this, there is a ton of people who were not white that were at this rally, and they were all comfortable, and they didn't have any issues. There was no uh, no racism to be seen, or that at least that has been reported in any way. Uh, and it's, it's good to see that stuff. No threats, no violence, no fights. Not a single rally attendee was arrested again. Uh, there was far more violence at the Women's March rally over the weekend. There was far less violence here. No vandalism of any any kind. In fact, they're getting together. They're cleaning up trash after the rally was over. Totally peaceful. Totally peaceful. The governor's entire narrative went to kaput. Even had members of the press trying to lie about the rally and what actually happened there. And they all got called out for it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a lot more to cover today. we got more coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. All right, I want to go ahead and play some audio here. So this is as impeachment starts tomorrow, the impeachment trial, which, of course, we will continue to cover. Um, There's been video montages circulating around. I've got a four-minute one here of the Democrats who are in leadership roles in the impeachment fiasco that is happening right now and what they said about impeachment when it was Bill Clinton, who, by the way, undisputed, undeniable, Bill Clinton actually did break laws. We caught him breaking those laws. He's apologized for breaking those laws. He lost his law license for breaking those laws. People forget about that. And that wasn't even the most heinous things that he's been accused of with evidentiary uh, proof of his actions, by the way. But I wanted to go and play this little montage. Just reminding you, Nadler's on here and several other people, including Pelosi and some other uh, bigwigs. You'll recognize most of their voices. But I just want to play for you. This is from an anti-impeachment rally put on by the Rainbow Push Coalition. This is back during the Clinton impeachment fiasco that was going on there. I just want you to listen to what these same Democrats who are pushing impeachment now had to say back then. Because he knew quite properly that an impeachment of a president is an undoing of a national election. And one of the reasons we all feel so angry about what they are doing is that they are ripping from us, they are ripping asunder our votes. They are telling us that our votes don't count. And that the election must be set aside. They are driven by hatred. They hate Bill and Hillary Clinton so much they will stop at nothing to bring him down. Oh, but they got another thought coming. They thought that Bill Clinton was just going to fold up his tent and go home. Oh, but Hillary said, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let me tell you what Hillary said. Hillary said, Bill, you go out there and do the people's business. She said, Bill, I don't care what they say. You go out there, the polls show everywhere. The people like the work that you're doing. You go on out there and do the people's work, and I'll take care of you later. Oh, but Bill Clinton. Thank you. Today, the Republican majority is not judging the president with fairness, but impeaching him with a vengeance. In the investigation of the president, fundamental principles which Americans hold dear, privacy, fairness, checks and balances, have been seriously violated. And why? Because we are here, to, as we are here today because the Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred of President Clinton, and until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. I rise to un- to oppose these unfair motions which call for the removal of the President of the United States from office and in doing so wish to point out some differences between the investigation of the President and the investigation of Newt Gingrich. The first principle in our investigation of Newt Gingrich was that at the moment we found exculpatory information, it would be reported immediately to the accused and be made public. The independent counsel knew that the president was exonerated when Travelgate 
Whitewater and Filegate, and he held that information until the hearing, indeed until after the election. This was not fair. Indeed, it is the responsibility of any prosecutor to immediately release, re, um, release information that is exculpatory. This is their president we are talking about. The president of the United States does not serve at the pleasure of the legislature, does not serve at the pleasure of Joe Biden, does not serve at the pleasure of Henry Hyde, does not serve at the pleasure of the Congress as a prime minister does in a parliamentary system. He is elected directly by the people of the United States of America. And the election of a president is the only nationwide vote the American people will ever cast. And that's a big deal. The American people don't think that they have made a mistake by electing Bill Clinton. And we in Congress had better be very careful before we upset their decision and make darn sure that we are able to convince them if we decide to upset their decision that our decision to impeach him was based upon principle and not politics. Not about politics, huh? Mm-hmm. So those are all the same. By the way, how about that uh, how about that line from Maxine Waters? Should have seen the live stream uh, blow up in that. I think you even blushed a little bit there, Joe. But hey, you know, she's still there. She's still in office, still doing her thing. And <laughs> you got you to gotta give her that, I guess. We got more coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your friendly neighborhood radio host, Casey Hendrickson. You want to thank our sponsor, R&B Car Company. Go to their website, rbcarcompany.com, for great specials and promotional offers on cars, trucks, SUVs, minivans, crossovers, and more. rbcarcompany.com. So the Supreme Court going to be taking a look at the Electoral College. Now, the Electoral College is, of course, here to prevent tyranny. That's what uh, the, unfortunately, the schools don't teach that anymore. They don't understand how the Electoral College works. Now, more and more, what is happening is politicians are trying to control the Electoral College instead of allowing the Electoral College to do what it was designed to do, and that is a problem. So the Supreme Court on Friday did decide that two cases could forever change how American presidents are elected. The central question that the Supreme Court will answer is this. Are electors, members of the Electoral College, now they're the ones who cast their actual vote for the president, okay? You don't. You basically are providing a guide for them, but they are the ones who cast the vote for the president, vice president. Are they bound to follow their state's popular vote results, or are electors free to vote as they see fit? Now, of course, generally speaking, they are free to vote how they see fit. Okay, That's the whole point of the Electoral College, to prevent a tyranny. In uh, Chiafalo, three Washington state electors were each fined $1,000 after the 2016 election because they did not cast their electoral vote for Hillary Clinton, who won their state's popular vote. They voted for Colin Powell instead. In Baca, the state of Colorado completely tossed elector Michael Baca's vote because he voted for former Ohio governor John Kasich, not Clinton, who won Colorado's popular vote. Although so-called faithless electors have only been a footnote in American electoral history so far, the monumental constitutional case could have significant implications on the 2020 election. Ultimately, 
the Supreme Court will decide whether Electoral College electors are independent and therefore allowed to vote consistent with their conscience, or whether state laws mandating electors follow their state's popular vote are legally permissible. So the oral arguments in the case are going to be very, very interesting. Uh, We expect those to happen in the spring, okay? This is going to be a massive case, and obviously there's a huge move for the popular vote movement in the uh, United States. It's not the most popular thing in the world. It's just that you know there is a big push for this. It used to be Republicans that would push for it, and back in the in the day they had the popular vote. Now it's the Democrats that are pushing it. So everything is kind of flipped. They were both wrong. Okay, you're not supposed to have a popular vote in a representative republic. That is the whole point of having apportionment. So when you see these people running around on social media going, "My vote in New York should count as much, uh, should count as much or more than somebody's vote in Montana," and it's not fair. Uh, Well, that's what apportionment is for you, Dweebus. That's the whole point of having it. But the Electoral College is obviously here to prevent a tyranny. Uh, The founders, if you read the the Federalist Papers, they make this very, very clear. They go into why the Electoral College exists, what the dangers are of having a popular vote. They go through all of it. And it is exactly why the process is the way that it is. And trying to control those electors. and, And by the way, if you want to control them, you know, you have... They're elected in their state. So you control that that little election for the electors, and then you don't have the problems later on with them going rogue on you. But generally speaking, they are allowed to vote their conscience. That's who elects the president and the vice president, not you. It's really that simple. You have no right. You have no right to vote for the president or the vice president of the United States. That's not a constitutional right that you are given. Anyway, we got more coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, some of the stuff we've got uh, going on here. Um, you know, oh, yeah, that's right. I went to do the... The story about the assessors. So the local assessors' offices. Now these are the ones that dictate your property values. Okay, and apparently, oh, this article is not opening. That's why I tried to open it up on my show prep, and for some reason, it would not open. That's the problem. So all right, so I got to search this up. Sorry, it's in my show prep. And I had to deal with uh, a little meltdown with my daughter here just a second ago. All right, so Indiana, assessors. All right. So there is a proposal here that would wipe out the assessors. Now, recently, I forget which election it was, but recently you all voted to keep the assessors' offices in your area, right? So the assessors have been wiped out through most of the state of indiana but you guys voted to keep the assessors in certain areas and now as a result uh, it looks like they are passing a bill that would eliminate the township assessors position statewide and there's only 13 of them left but they're looking to get rid of them statewide which of course will impact property value assessments and things of that nature and people are i think rightfully upset because in 2008 they voted to keep many of them and as a result you should be able to keep them And now the legislature is once again basically saying, well, we don't care what the voters want. We want to get rid of them. We'll talk a little bit more about this later in the week. It's now time for the O'Reilly Update. 